Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Rebecca King, and today I'm talking to Charles Baxter, a fiction writer and professor at the University of Minnesota. He's the author of six novels and eight collections of short stories and essays. And two of his books, Burning Down the House, Essays on the Craft of Fiction, and The Art of Subtext, Beyond Plot, deal with the craft of writing explicitly. For today's episode, we're going to focus on plot, and I'm going to let Charles do most of the talking. Plot is something that, honestly, I struggle a lot with in my own work, so I found his insights invaluable. So without further ado, here's Charles Baxter sharing his thoughts on plot and the narratives that he finds himself returning to in his own work. I'm not very strong on plot. As a writer, plot does not come naturally to me, so I have studied plot elements just to ask myself, how does this get started? How does it keep moving? Why are we interested in these situations? There are five or six, a handful, half a dozen, of sort of quick and dirty devices that you can think about that will help your plots along. I'll begin with Captain Happen. Captain Happen is a character in a story who will do what nobody else will do, who will say what nobody else will say. Captain Happen makes things happen, and that sort of character is particularly useful in situations in which everyone is behaving too well. Like my sort of background, my family, where nobody ever raised their voices, nobody ever had arguments. I mean, people were seething all the time. They were angry over everything, but they never said anything. And so a Captain Happen figure is a person who destabilizes the situation and makes it livelier, makes it more energetic. You pay attention. Captain Happen is the person who makes a scene. The second feature of plots is the nature of a toxic narrative or a secret. When a character is hiding something and can't talk about it, you have a situation in which the very act of hiding that truth, whatever it is, concealing it, creates consequences. People act in a particular way if they're hiding something that's crucial to their lives. The third device is the one-way gate, and the one-way gate is an event, something that the character does, that you do. And once you've done it, the situation has altered. You can't get back to where you were before you did it or before it happened. And the example that I gave was the first murder that Macbeth commits. Once he's committed it, he cannot go back to being the person he was. From that point on, he's a murderer. King Duncan, whom he's killed, is dead. You can't bring him back to life. And if all these things are true, you might as well, in the logic of the play, you might as well go on murdering people. Having done it once, you're in all the way. 
And that really interests me a great deal, that if you tell a lie, if you blurt something out, if you commit some act of cruelty, in dramatic terms, maybe in life, but in dramatic terms, often you can't get back to where you were. In life, people will sometimes forgive you. But dramatic structures depend on people not forgiving. And that's good for stories. A fourth device is just having time run out on the characters. There's a clock ticking. They don't have all the time in the world to do what they would like to do or they need to do. And it, whatever it is, it has to be done, let's say, by next week or two weeks or an hour from now. And that's naturally going to add a fair amount of urgency to a story. Something related to that is the fact of not enough space for the characters. You make sure that you force your characters together, you crowd them, you put them in rooms that are too small for them, throw them together, you make sure that for one reason or another the dramatic space between them collapses so that they're, they don't have a lot of room to maneuver, they're right up against each other. What have I forgotten? I'm sure I've forgotten something. Uh, I always do. You try to make sure that the characters are operating out of both desire and fear, so that they're going forward towards something, or they're moving backward in an effort to avoid something else. Oh, and the request moment, I almost forgot. One character turns to another character and says, there's something I want you to do. Shakespeare loved that, and so do I. I have written a fair amount about people who show up on your doorstep and say, help me. A lot of my stories and some of my novels have to do with what you should do, what anyone can or should do, or I guess I should say what anyone does do or may do, <laughs> may do when that obligation if it is an obligation, is put on them. Um, but I've written about a lot of different things by now. You know, with five novels, five books of stories, you use up all of the things that you can from your own life, and then you start to use up the stories that your friends have told you, and then you just start to imagine things. Many thanks to Charles Baxter, fiction writer, essayist, and poet, and a professor of creative writing at the University of Minnesota, for taking the time to speak with me. And thanks to all of you, too, for tuning in to Hold That Thought. Want to stay inspired this summer? You can find more podcasts on the craft of writing and lots of other topics at our website, holdthatthought.wustl.edu.